You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to ifhpodcastnetwork.com. Just a heads up, this episode is brought to you by the Script Summit Screenplay Contest, where you can win a cash prize or even a contract with a Hollywood talent manager. All you have to do is visit scriptsummit.com for more info. Alright, welcome to the Successful Screenwriter Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by a guest host as we analyze and break down a film to discover what works and what doesn't. Alright, welcome to the podcast. I am joined with Christy Lee Lucier, who is a producer and story consultant at WeFixYourScript.com. Thanks for being with us. Oh, always, always happy to be here. All right, so uh, we are going to break down episode two of the Wheel of Time labeled Shadows Waiting. Do you want the uh, want the log line here? Let's do it. All right. Moraine and Lan lead the four villagers to safety, unsure which is the one from the prophecy, but the friends are equally unsure about their rescuers, especially once they see how far Moraine is willing to go for her mission and how far Astray Lan is willing to lead them. Okay. <laughs> All right. First thoughts. First thoughts on the episode? Yeah. Um, I actually, I mean, I definitely like this episode um, for me a lot better than the first one on it. Yeah. Just there's a little more exciting things that um, kind of come from the book worlds that they've put on screen that are really exciting to see in the second one. And I just feel like there's a little bit more that we get to understand the characters and, and get a sense of, um, their more, more of their personality kind of comes through their character art comes through in episode two. Yeah. I mean, well, you're, I mean, you're familiar with the books and you're, you're part of the community. I am not, I'm just i I'm a, I'm a screenwriter story guy. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I was like, Whoa, this show got dark. I, oh yes. <laughs> I was like, that was a, that was a tonal shift. I wasn't ready for. I was mm-hmm. the first episode was lighter um, you know, it's fantasy. It, there's a hint that this might be a little bit of a darker show, but sure. in general, it, it's it's pretty light because we're getting to know the characters. And then towards the end, you have the monsters, the monsters attack the village. You go, okay, it's it's pretty crazy. This this first scene, I was like, yep. wow, okay, <laughs> yeah, is the show finding its legs now? Because I think it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm only doing one episode at a time. I know there's like 30 episodes out right now. <laughs> there's but, only four right now. <laughs> but I know like, and now I'm curious to see is the next episode going to be dark or is it, or is it totally going to shift again? I'm hoping it's going to be dark because it's really interesting. I mean, starting with uh, the white cloaks, I think is what they're called. Forgive uh-huh. my wheel of time ignorance and um you got it right it's okay yeah all right cool so he's eating this delicacy and they paint this this group as good guys i mean they're wearing white there's a a symbol of a sun behind them they're Mm -hmm. religious and he he bites into this um essentially like a bird that's a cooked bird with bones and everything cuts his mouth and he begins bleeding and what a beautiful shot of the oh, for drip sure. of blood dripping down his cheek covered in white with the sun behind him you go whoa and then he looks deadpan in the camera and is talking in not so subtle uh death threats essentially to oh, the camera sure. and i'm like what is this is crazy and then <laughs> we see that he has captured one of the um okay i said i uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
female magicians, essentially wizards or magic they're users. Called, or so they're called channelers, basically. Channelers. Yeah. They're in touch mm-hmm. with the force. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and and he's burning her at the tape. She's actively burning while he's eating a dinner. I was like, wow, what a way right. to paint a villain. I thought it mm-hmm. was so well done. And I was like, okay, this is a show that has a significant voice. This is so different than episode one, which felt For like sure. it was trying to find its footing a bit. Yeah, yeah. And it really just goes to show that there is really interesting dynamic in in the world. So again, now we're getting to see things outside their little town. And while we feel like, okay, there's this powerful woman, she's come in, she's going to take these kids to safety. But lo and behold, there are people who feel like what she does as a Chandler is it actually draws the dark one is evil. And so they basically essentially like hunt down these Aes Sedai as they call them witches, essentially. So they feel like they are evil versus Aes Sedai who make their, it stands for servants of all. Um, For them, it's finding light in the world. And um, these children of the light, these white cloaks don't believe that that's their actual cause. It's, it's, it's complicated, but it totally makes sense. I mean, you know, they feel righteous and they're, uh-huh. they're going uh-huh. after, after these channelers. So it, it all makes sense. I mean, you can see where it's, it's historically uh, been uh, captured and so it, oh, sure. influenced in this, in this uh, uh, story. So it's, it's fascinating to me visually how they depicted these guys. I mean, it's, it's not traditionally how you would think of a villain, um, no. but, yeah. but, but down to, I can't remember what the guys that, the, the inquirer or, or yeah inquisitor the, yeah the inquisitor mm-hmm. so the inquisitor has this uh chain of rings that he's stolen from these channelers i thought what a great visual that says everything you need to know about that character right there is that he cherishes Absolutely. these rings he's proud of these rings so mm-hmm. and he walks around with this arrogance so great character so much different from rosamund pike but at the same time you can see that there are two sides of the same coin which i thought it's really good writing yeah it's all it's all the belief in their own cause so to what length are they willing to go to fight for their cause right and um so it's really interesting because yeah i i it's one of my favorites it's one of the best things I think that they've taken from the books and put on screen and even just made it worse because they're not introduced in the books as bad as that scene is. So when we saw that scene, I was like, man, they're really just getting in it, which was great. It was awesome. Well, I mean, I guess they, they're telling you who they want you to root for because there's a way they could have done, there's a way they could have done that where it was less ominous and you think, oh, these guys have a valid argument, but then you see a lady no. being burned at the stake, and you're going, like, okay, I think okay. I know what's going on here. Clearly, so <laughs> so um, these guys and I have their own stumbling blocks. They have their, they have their own roadblocks and their own, you know, things that they're trying to uh, protect themselves from. Really, no, I think it's good, and I, and and this really kind of dove into the Chandlers even more and the different rules they have and how they have to tell the truth, but they're selective mm-hmm. with how they tell the truth, which is great because then it's about context. Yes. Which is as a writer, I would think, oh, God, that'd be so fun to write. But at the same time, be so challenging because you have to think, okay, this has to be true. This is going to be canon. And then 30 Mm -hmm. episodes from now, I can't have this used against me. It's so great. And there's so many uh, uh, like instances where it happens in the books, too. And it's just fantastic because you I mean, I love how they did it in the scene where she says, like, oh, I have a sister. And yeah, 
you know, I was attacked and, oh, it was back yeah. in the wherever. Like she's referencing the area, but not the exact town. And she's saying yeah. she has a sister. They all call each other sisters. So yeah. technically she has a sister. Like, it's awesome. It's really cool. It's a play on words and it's fantastic. I loved it. And I, and I really enjoyed how they are creating a division and distrust in the kids between sure. them and Moraine, because it keeps that conflict going, which keeps the, the episode interesting because it's very easy to get lost and bored um, in an episode where you're, where you're just traveling, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so to have that mistrust there, and then especially where, um, the two characters, I want to say Rand and the lead female, uh, Egwene apologized again, mm -hmm. guys, I'm new to this show. So <laughs> I appreciate it's so your cute. patience. It's awesome. It's, <laughs> I'm getting into it. So, uh, there's love lost there because, uh, he's kind of jealous that she's turning her back on him and, and he really cares about her deeply. So, so they play around with that. So they're, they're building that, then they're throwing in extra mysteries to keep you around where Perrin has this infected bite, but then a dog, a wild, no, I'm sorry, a wolf walks up wolf. to him and, and is like in, into it. He's like, Hey, how you doing, man? So now you start wondering what's going on. Those right. are the types of mysteries that you build in to a script. If you're writing, if you're working on a pilot, or if you're working on a show, you add these so that you can create that intrigue that makes those questions happen in the in the viewer or the reader's thoughts so sure. that they want to come back and find now i want to know is the guy going to turn into a werewolf you know or is it going to get infected is like falling off yeah. you know so like so that gets you into the show so it's great to see that mm -hmm. um again they worked it in with with matt uh because you know he's a thief it's, he likes things that are glitzy <laughs> right yeah. it's shiny and he just lost his knife. He gave it to his buddy. So, you know, so yeah, yeah, that's a it's, it's a huge, huge plot point in in the first book anyway, because it does set off a chain of events that um, leads them down more down the path of where they go. Because, yeah, because him touching something that he was specifically told don't touch anything like right. everything is tainted in the city. Um, and then he takes the dagger. So. I mean, I see, I see that. And it just calls to me like, well, that's original sin. You know, like you weren't, you were told not what not to do, but you had to do it because you're yeah, curious. Yeah, but he had to do it anyway. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. that, that hits me and I think, oh, it's fascinating. It's, it's cool to see things like that. Before we got to that point, though, there was a scene that I thought was really interesting. And I don't know how many other people caught it, but um, uh, Rand More says- More people than you think, probably. I'm sure, I'm sure. Like, what do I know? <laughs> Right. So Rand says, um, are you going to let us go if we choose to go? And Moraine says, I don't have any time. I have I have lost my patience with you. And then she rides away. And then the kids, well, you know, if we don't go with her, we're not going to be in the script anymore. So they all go with her. Um, but then <laughs> then we see they don't go with her. They're not going to be. Yeah, they're not going to be in the anymore. show anymore. So they all go together. So the story then has to happen. Right. <laughs> We got to go. Yeah. As, as my son likes to say during any any film where the central character is in trouble, he's going to be fine. Dad's got plot armor. Yes, he's got <laughs> plot armor. That's exactly. I love it. it. My so kid's right. hilarious. So um, so so as the kids ride by, we see land man Dragoran, right? Mm -hmm. Hiding behind the stone. And I go, oh, that's great. So essentially, yeah, if the kids decided not to come, he would have taken care of business. So yeah, I thought that was, back. yeah, I, I thought that's awesome because then it shows like, yeah, Moraine is a little ethically dubious. And I, and I did sure. enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's always a question of her actual intent. And that is a theme carried a lot through her character yeah. journey. 
Um, what, what really is her intention? I mean, does she really want an end goal that is positive for these right. people or is it yeah. strictly kind of self-driven? Um, and that, that scene and that little element plants those seeds of, she does this a lot. It's very, it's a strong character trait for her. And, and the great thing about this scene though, is, you know, when it comes to creating intrigue and mystery or even uh-huh. suspense, there's the knowledge that the audience has, and there's the knowledge that the characters have. And, sure. te- and typically, you know what the character knows and that keeps you on edge. But scenes like this where we see him waiting and the kids don't, that's knowledge we have that the characters right. don't have. So now that's instilling doubt into the audience now we're going what the hell's going on with mm-hmm. this guy yeah, you know why? so so i like that i think that's cool it's it's just another way to layer that in yeah uh, building that, layer i think that's great yeah that's building layers yeah mm-hmm. now the the other thing the one thing where the, the episode got slow during this um they do this song they sing this song from yeah. uh and I think it's from their village. And it's, it is. It's a, yeah. it's a cute song, and then it gets sad, and so you know, it's got it's got a, it's got a, a nice kind of harmony to it. And then she explains the song. Now, I like to show that is a lot of exposition. It is a lot sure. of plotting. I think mm-hmm. Rosamund Pike is amazing, and the mm-hmm. fact that she is so talented, she could sell that. But that is a part. If you don't have the right talent for that type of block of dialogue, you can, it cannot work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's meant to be. So that was, it's very interesting. If you look it up, that was a scene that the showrunner um, really fought to keep in the episode and put into the series. Um, There was a lot of people that didn't want to, but it's very, very uh, iconic for the book and the fandom. Um, Oh, I understand. It gives this, uh, if you listen to the story again, it really builds this foreshadow. It talks about past, but it builds a foreshadowing to future. Okay. And so the story she's telling about these villagers who lived where they live now. Yeah. Um, really, essentially, she's saying that you have that blood and that strength in you because you're about to take the same kind of journey that they did because the wheel always spins. And so you're gotcha. always going to be, you're going to carry that bloodline through and through, but um, there's a huge foreshadowing in the story that she tells and the showrunner really wanted to make sure that we keep that in. It's very iconic. It's a very, she's very charismatic when she says it. And Rosamund Pike did a great job. It's oh, really I mean, cool. just, I mean, she, yeah, she's talented she did great. and, 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 she, um, and yeah. she sold it since, for sure. Since there is payoff and foreshadowing, this is that, that important then I really want to see this payoff because if yes. it is just a, yes. a, a fun, harmonious song, and then we learn a little bit of lore and mm-hmm. it doesn't go anywhere as an, as then a viewer, I'll be disappointed. Right. right. Because be like, what, what was the point? Why was right. it there? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. now I'm interested to see where it pays off. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to this. They get to shut our look off. See, I got my pro with me. <laughs> So we, we go there. The yeah, man. So we, so, so we go there. It's a dead town. It's so dark that, that the Trollocs won't go there. I mean, that's, that tells yeah. you everything is deserted. There's, I love the fact that as they're going through it, there's no ambient noise. I was like, what a yeah. great way to make something creepy mm-hmm. um, because people expect to hear these things. So when, when you see, when you're in a silent scene, you're like, what the hell is going on? Right. So I like that keeps you on edge. It builds uncomfortability. Yeah, exactly. Audience, builds that sure. builds that tension up, and then we have 
um, you know, Matt finds his shiny toy and he's yeah. got <laughs> he's got to have it. And I then he takes that. it, and I'm, then I get it because I'm Matt on the inside. I'm like, oh look, shiny, <laughs> oh, look you know, oh, look at that. I won't touch anything. Wink, wink. wink so wink. you yeah, know, no. so I get it. <laughs> um, but I got to tell you, I was so upset when that horse died. Like that, that I was like, <laughs> you don't kill the horse, man. Like the important horses survive, which you is don't interesting. Make the, but, don't you know. make the horse the red shirt. Like I bring know. in some other character, give him a couple lines, and, and then, then I would kill him <laughs> take him out. Don't take the horse out, man. I was upset about that. If my wife sees this, I'm gonna have to shut the show. She's gonna off. be mad. <laughs> can't be taking out horses. So, <laughs> so that's when you know it's evil. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Just swallows uh, you basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so everybody gets out and they all get separated. And I was like, thank God, because I've been waiting for that moment. I want to see subplots break up and I want to see characters go on different, different journeys. Sure. So yeah. I'm hoping in, in episode three, they don't all come together. I'm hoping in episode three, they're all split up. Don't spoil it. And, uh, cause give me a week and I'll know. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, then we see where they all go and that, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, uh, a good twist at the end because somebody who thought we thought was dead comes back and that's a she great cliffhanger back. you can have. Yep. It's fantastic. And again, she's a very, uh, iconic character in the series. One of the favorites fan favorites yeah. all around. And so, yeah, to see her come back and have her moment, the exciting thing for me was, okay, I want to find out where she was like, where, Oh yeah. You know, let's, let's see now where, what happened and how did she get that far and catch up with them? <laughs> that That's what I that, want. to. That's a really good see. question. I'm assuming you know? <laughs> she probably took an Uber or, you know, maybe lift. I can it tell depends. you what she didn't do was depends. take the dead horse. Okay. The horse was useless, right? You're going to pull it out. You're going to make me cry on, on air. All right. So, um, I, I thought this was good. I, I found this pulled me in more than episode one, but, yeah. but like I said before, it takes, you know, they did the science. It takes three episodes for you to get hooked on a show. So I'm really curious to see what happens in the next episode. If I watch this and like, okay, I'm in. And then, and then you'll know I'm in cause I'll start remembering names of things. Yeah. Cause you'll, yeah, it'll stick with you. You yeah. get an attachment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. It, if we get there and we're not there, then, then we'll talk about it. But uh, sure. All yeah. right. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts? No, I just I'm excited for episode three. I liked episode two. It was cool to see a really iconic thing on screen. Shadar Lagoth was like a big thing that Is all of it? us fans were like, we can't wait to see what they do with this. And it was great. Awesome. So yeah. are fans coming around to the show at this point in an episode two or are people still on the fence? Because I know episode one was divisive and, pe it, and it, it made was. people yeah. kind of split the camp. I, I feel like as the episodes went on, there was a lot more of a buy-in, um, but episode four was the, the big hook for a lot of readers that were okay. like, okay, we've heard some of this stuff happens in this particular episode. We want right. to get there. So I think there's been, I think it takes a big shift in episode four. Right. Well, I got to tell you, visually the show looked great this, this episode, um, you know, usually when you bring on new directors, they have like a, a what they call like the tone meeting and they go through. And, yeah. and, and so I'm not sure if, if what happened, but it's this episode is so different from episode one. But yeah, I, I think it's just finding its legs. I think that's what's going on. So, sure. yeah, uh, but but I enjoyed I mean, the way they set the shots up. I mean, I was like, wow, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And they did the um, 
keeping in tone in with like in the tone in, in episode one, the pilot, they did these high drone shots that then came yeah. low into the character and they did that again, right? Yes. They did that again with the white cloaks. Like, okay, so I see like this is the type of visual story. They want you to start wide world and then and we're going to come down, yeah, come right into the character. So I think, yeah, this we noticed that neat. too. Yeah, yeah. The drone shot, we noticed that for sure. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so this episode is brought to you by the Script Summit Screenplay Contest, where you can get a chance to win $1,000 or even get repped by a, a Hollywood talent manager, which last year we've had two people get repped and their stuff is getting sent out to studios and producers, which is really exciting. So um, cool. Yeah, and, and Christy's a part of it as well. This is, it's a great opportunity. So you can go to scriptsummit.com and you guys can submit. Uh, you can join us this time next week and we will be breaking down episode three. It's still going to be exciting. And, and Christy Yay. will then hold my hand again through this entire <laughs> experience. As I don't You're know. You're doing good. I'm You're doing foreign you land. Names. You're doing great. <laughs> Listen, I'm used to things in space with laser swords. So yes, this is a little a out big... of my realm. You are a big sci-fi space fantasy kind a of guy. A little bit, so. but I, I'm down with, with what we got going on. Channelers or force users is all I'm going out there. Yeah, Come there at you me. go. Might as well. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share in your social media where you can tag us at The Successful Screenwriter.